1: Ahoy, friends. Welcome to our Friday follow-up for Episode 40, LeClaire's Testimony, Part 1. We are down a Zach today. We will miss him very much. But Bob and I have a lot of thoughts about not even the entirety of LeClaire's testimony. And we have a lot of listener questions that we need to get to. So we will be right back after
0: this break. Say goodbye to The Dish and hello to
1: Skystream, the new way to get Sky over Wi-Fi. So you can get unmissable Sky shows like The Last of Us and Succession, as well as Netflix and Discovery Plus, and loads more, all in one subscription for £26 a month. Oh, and next day delivery with no upfront fee. Skystream, TV simplified. Head to sky.com. Require Skystream and broadband minimum speed, 10 megabits per second, 18-month minimum term. Cut-off times apply for next day delivery. Excludes bank holiday. 18 plus terms apply.
0: All right. Uh as Janet mentioned, we are we are down to Zach today. He is uh Zach is on assignment. He had some stuff he had to take care of today, so it's gonna be uh truth and justice follow-up, Sans Zach. Uh, a term that i've learned recently that's mm-hmm. what did you know that's what sans means without Oof. you've yeah, you've
1: definitely overused it on the podcast already so
0: i 100 <laughs> i feel like you taught me that i never know. knew it. i love maybe i did <laughs> i use it this morning i was playing pickleball with my son when i broke my thumb <laughs> <laughs> running into a giant vent you can hear that old story on the uh patreon you to join
1: the patreon for the
0: uh yeah also if you've ever wondered if the earth is flat and have feelings on it, you should definitely uh, check out the Patreon pre-show. And do we-
1: not watch it if you firmly believe the earth is flat because you will be very offended by how yeah. angry
0: we both are. Yeah, mostly Janet. I don't know why she lumped me in with that. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. She's very angry. Um, yeah. But yeah, we dedicated a solid 45 minutes to a platter discussion <laughs> in the Patreon. It pre-show. was about
1: more than that. Dr. Shiloh, you'll appreciate this. We talked about the psychology of what's attractive about believing in conspiracies or believing in things that are unpopular and feeling like you're part of something special, an elite group. It was a, it was was a, It was a lofty conversation that I'm very proud of.
0: yeah and with that being said Uh, we can talk about our our current case now uh season 12 episode 40 was uh the first about half of gary leclerc's trial testimony i will say this before we get going i love our group the the truth and justice army like the people on social media on the fan page and stuff because they ask such good questions and they they challenge me so much that it, it causes me to think through a lot of Things, for example, one one thing somebody had mentioned was, and this isn't a, this is a terrible example. of Somebody challenging me because I agree with them, um, but you know they were saying isn't other, well, something I hadn't caught before. I always thought that Ramirez put the A B C D E placards out there, mm-hmm. and that then LeClaire went out, followed those, wandered around, find the found the business card. But when you read his trial testimony, he's saying that he's the one. Yeah put those out there yeah, and if I we go back a few episodes to the business card episode about you know there's a there's a thought out there that maybe he didn't find that card where he said he found it when he said he found it someone but someone pointed out in that conversation that why would he be walking out and put out marker a b c d
1: are you just e, gonna go one? through all of the follow-up questions before I read any of them or are you just gonna go through everybody's
0: if I can, if I can admit something right now, I didn't look at the follow-up questions. So Is that one? To, yeah. we'll come back to that. We'll come back to it. The, when the, um, yeah, there was just a lot of good stuff. Um, one thing that, and, and I know you mentioned this follow-up question. I won't mention, but like about the weather, mm-hmm. someone you know corrected me and showed me. Um, uh, shout out to Uli. I, I, mm-hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. That, um, showed me some information about that. I had some great conversations with some people that that. Um, seems like lean much more towards Robert and Christian being guilty. Um, shout out to Ed and Katie, Katie who I had some again, really good conversations with. Again,
1: absolutely with. plan to talk about this on the follow-up. Go ahead. Go, keep, please yep. continue. So,
0: um, that is a good intro into the questions that from uh, Uli, Katie, and Ed that Janet <laughs> has, has been planning all along. Uh,
1: well, part <laughs> to, of it is that, you know, to, 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 well, it was actually, I believe, Valeria who posted something. I saw that she was here and then gone. Lately, she's actually had to do her other job, which angers me deeply that she is not able to stay on yeah, the youtube does she, think she is? but uh but uh that she posted something and then i hadn't read it yet and so she had edited it to add like janet i'm so sorry that my post caused so much back and forth like isn't supposed to happen on this thing what will bob ever think and then like a winky or a laughy emoji and i was like uh-huh. oh here we go and i started <laughs> scrolling down I was like oh there's a very long back and forth that Bob Ruff orchestrated within the follow-up, he broke his own yeah. rule. I guess. It, oh I mean, God. I guess you didn't break your own rule because it's you're the one who's responding. But I definitely was okay. like, "What am I going to do with all this?" I guess we'll just talk about it.
0: Secret time. I didn't know that conversation was in the follow-up. <laughs> that oh, I, I feel a terrible because I get onto people for responding that all the time. That
1: explains a lot.
0: So that yeah. that whole long was, was that, oh, Yes. Was that the one with oh, Ed and Katie? Yes, 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 yes. yes oh, yes. I thought that was. Someone tagged me. I didn't notice <laughs> no, that it was in. It was I'm in sorry. the follow up. Yeah, so you it's know all about in the it. You know all I do. I read all that. of that. Yes. Uh, before we get into that, uh, real quick, I'm just curious. What were your thoughts in listening to the episode? Anything jump out at you? Any new information?
1: Um, new. I'm trying to think of the new information. I don't. I'm uh, when we get through these questions, maybe that'll spark something for me. Um, one of the things that uh that I had thought of was I, I don't know that it's really. It sort of is about this. But yeah, I, I was listening. to I was actually listening to an old true crime profile. And I was listening to Jim Clemente talk about uh, the fact that detectives do, in fact, you know, it was just he wasn't saying it, you know, obviously, it was an old episode. It's not like he was like, and yeah. by the way, five years from now, Bob is gonna say, but it was just mm-hmm. a case I was interested in that I was like, Oh, yeah, I think I remember Jim and Laura and, and um, Lisa talking about this. So I went back. And it just so happened that he was like, yeah, and you know, it, the whole evidence collection thing, like it's you know, it was it was evolving at the time, but like you know, they thought it was such a big deal that the detective was the one who collected it, and actually, that's not a big deal. That does tend to happen, and da, da, da and I was like, oh, note to self, we got yeah. Comini himself pointing out that it's not unusual at all for for um, for a, a detective to to pick up and and tag evidence.
0: So it's interesting. I wonder what this. Do you know what the the circumstances were? Because that, that what. What struck me as odd about this was not that the detective collected evidence because that happens. It was the fact that there were crime scene techs on the scene assigned to collect evidence. Right.
1: I think that and was collected happening.
0: all of the other evidence except that piece of evidence.
1: Right. I I don't know. I wasn't it wasn't as specific as that, but I do think that it was. I mean, it was. I, I'll be honest. I was re listening to the OJ stuff because um I, I that's one of the most fascinating. Like what's going on in the world and how it affects a single spectacularly pop, you know, famous case. Um, mm-hmm. And so and I had just and I had decided I wanted to rewatch the um, OJ, uh, the 30 for 30 documentary, that five part documentary, which is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, um, mm-hmm. much less in true crime. But uh, anyway, so I was like, I want to, I, I, wonder, I'm trying to remember what Jim and Laura and Lisa talked about. So I re-listened to it. And that, so it was that case. Again very okay. very popular. but I mean I think yeah, there were texts there and there were detectives there. I think that was another case where there were both sure. sets of folks doing their job, but I don't know you can always Good ask. yeah, you Good can ask know. him. Um, so yeah, so that was that was something that bubbled up for me and it just happened to be kind of coincidental but but I think some of the other stuff that came up for me of, of course as usual is very much reflected more articulately than I could have put it in our follow-up
0: questions. so well, let's get to
1: him. Uh, great. Okay, well, let's start out with the weather stuff. Uh, shout out to Uli, and uh, I know Jason had mentioned it on the follow-up post as well in Facebook. Let's talk about the rain. You had mentioned a couple of different times you were sort of looking for any sign of of weather of rain, yeah. and it seemed like you hadn't found anything. What happened?
0: Well, it was it was shocking to me. You and I were texting about this. Yeah, um, you're like I can't find. Before. I'm having to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. B- because the first thing that I did is is just some little inside baseball. Is as I had. I was looking at one of the close-ups at the footprints, and I saw. I was like, "Wait a minute that that track was made in mud." It was the way I saw it. Yeah, you know that it was you know wet ground that was in the process of drying. You I could see how same. it was cracked, the hard edge. Mm-hmm. So I just sent the picture to Janet, and I just said, "What do you know?" I did with nothing. I just said, "What do you notice about this picture?" And you said the same thing. The yeah. ground's wet. It looks yeah. like the ground was wet. Yeah. And so then at that time, and I was prepping for the episode then. I went with – I was like, well, okay, well, let's see when it rained last. Right. Because I was thinking at the time that these tracks could have been made here, you know, a week or two before. Because in my mind, I remembered that it had rained recently. Yeah,
1: I thought you – said at the very beginning of the season, somehow it had come up that it had rained like a couple weeks before or something like that. I thought you said that.
0: Yeah, and I think it was a narrative somewhere. I think it was in a report somewhere where it said – um, you know, that it had rained two weeks prior mm. and that's what washed the roads out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then I went to Weather Honor, and I and I, I think I sent you those screenshots too and it just, I just put it on like the daily, like a month view where it showed every day mm-hmm. the amount of precipitation.
1: Yeah.
0: And the entire month of September said zero on every day. Yeah. And so did August and so did July yeah. and so did June. Huh. And I think you said, it it's a like, well, desert, it doesn't rain there. Yeah. So what I had to write into... The episode was what I had sources for, even though I thought it had rained earlier, but I couldn't find a source that it was rain. Now, that's the Palm Springs weather station, obviously, but I mean, that, especially with rain, I mean, that's not that far away. And then Uli pointed out there was a storm, and then he showed me – it looks like there are clips from newspaper articles, but there was a hellacious storm. Sounds like it was up. On the mountain, mm-hmm. but not down in the valley. And that's why it wasn't oh, okay. on the, I, I'm guessing, that's why it wasn't on the Palm yeah. Springs one. Um, But it was on September 2nd.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, so it was like 15 days before the murders, just over two weeks before the murders, that there was a nasty, I don't remember, but I mean, it was like inches of rain, washed everything out. There was like mudslides yeah. going down 74. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Like he, when, when he said, I, I I shouldn't assume, I have no idea what Uli's identifies as or what the gender is. Um, but what they, you know, what they showed me is, and I'm looking, I'm like, Oh, cause you can see in the crime scene photos, particularly the ones like around the wheelbarrow. Um, and you can see where there's like washouts that look like recent washouts. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in fact, there's, we're, we're going to get into Osterlow's testimony at some point, um, either if, if I don't know if it'll get into this week's episode or, or the next one, you know, cause I had said that there's, you know, the ground around the wheelbarrow wasn't wet. Well, he says, we haven't covered this yet, but some people have pointed it out who have seen his testimony. Um, or his report that the ground around the around the wheelbarrow was wet from the firefighters. Right and now, I will say this: like the the photos don't support that to me. Uh-huh. Um, I don't see wet ground uh-huh. around, but uh, you know, it could have been a little while later.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but somebody had pointed out to me. They're like, "Well, he's talking about that's why there's this gap in the you know between the wheelbarrow and the tracks is because he says the area around it was washed smooth by the firefighters." Yeah. That is definitely not supported by the photos. And I will tell you this. So, like, you know, the wheelbarrow is is 25 – the tracks are 25 feet to the east of the wheelbarrow. And the firefighters are coming up from the south. There's zero possibility they were spraying their hose in such a wide area. And I can, and I told you before, like, I could see from her body mm-hmm. that they were acting appropriately in how they – you know, there's right. it's a crime scene. You know, those fire hoses, if you open them up – oh, Yuli is in the chat. She, thank you, Yuli, and hopefully, I'm, hopefully, it's Yuli and not Uli. Uh, however, it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, but those fire hoses will will put out 135. You know, if it's an inch and three quarter hose, which is a standard issue hand line, 135 pounds of pressure is normal. It would it would have blown the body and the clothes and stuff apart. You can tell by the condition of Becky's body that they were very careful in extinguishing her. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, the way I would imagine that is. You just barely crack the bale open, just get a little bit of water coming out, and just you know put it over her body until until the flames are are out. There's no way they're spraying it like crazy all over the place. But then because of the conversation that I was having with Uli about that, I was looking at the pictures. It's like, oh, this is that's what he's seeing. When you look at the crime scene photos that we have on our website, you can see the washout from the north, the area the in the the one photo I it's. I think I says people's one twenty one the one where you can see the distance and the ground between placard A and the wheelbarrow, and the 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 dirt is loose and stuff in there. But in that photo, you can see the washout where it looks smoothed over by water, but it's not from the firefighters. It was from that storm mm-hmm. on the second that had washed and made these trenches going mm-hmm. through there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 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 it, it puts us pretty close to now. From what we learned from your partner Brandon and what he learned from the geologist he had spoken to. It doesn't necessarily put the footprints if they are in fact made in wet ground two weeks prior, because we know that they could—they literally could have been made a year prior, mm-hmm. and likely would still be there, set in the ground like that, because that's the way the desert is. Uh, but it seems very likely that if there was a huge storm on the second, that that they, they could have—that's um, when the tracks could have been made in like the third, fourth, fifth somewhere in that, while the while the ground was still wet.
1: Which, by the way, I say this again as a desert dweller. Um, A lot of the time in for me growing up in Tucson, Arizona and also living in L.A., um, when you want to do plantings, you wait until there has been a rain because that hard layer of earth is softened up by that. So actually, right. for me, a-, a couple days after it's rained, that's when I say, oh, we should go out and replant those agave yeah. because it's going to be easier to dig into the ground, pull them out. They've just been kind of moisturized you can move them they won't begin as yeah. much shock when you replant them so that actually made a ton of sense to me when i saw when even just before knowing any of this when you sent the photo and 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 we said oh that looks like it's happening when it's wet my very first thought which i absolutely should have texted you back was you know that's when i would that's when i would transport a tree that's when i would dig if out it a had tree rain mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah, it makes it so. There's there's a lot of, and I, I'll hold off on my final till the end because um, I don't want to get ahead of your questions. But yeah, but um, but anyway, so that but that was a big one. Is I was incorrect when I said it hadn't rained in months. Um, it rained, it rained like the dickens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, on the second, um, 15 days before the murders happened, and then not, then not again after that. So that was the only, only time that it was wet. So if you're one of the people that are looking at those tracks and agree with me that it looks like they were made into wet ground into mud mm-hmm. and, and and also like it make for you and i being out there and dr shiloh i think is still in the chat she was out there with us too in the desert in the back not on the crime scene but behind hot crime scene
1: mm-hmm.
0: you could see the old washout trails mm-hmm. you know where water came down where it kind of makes paths oh, yeah. here and there yes but they're not consistent and then you, you can see that why the track would be broken up because if you're just trying to if you're not looking at what the ground is but you're just trying to go in your best version of a straight line that you're going to go through spots where it would be part of that washout where the ground would still be wet. Then you're going to be up on the high ground, where it wouldn't be wet anymore. It's dry. Yeah. And that would cause some of the tracks to set some of them not to. And that's why you have a broken track. I mean, to me, this is all starting to very neatly fit together Mm -hmm. and what we see. And also like the, the, the big thing for me was it doesn't appear that Leclerc was ever convinced that that was part of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, that's I I, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate it. And by the way, oh, I got to stop and say that Zach is in the YouTube chat. Are you still there, Zappy? I think you're in here. He was able to um, to log in from where he is on assignment. So (laughs) we may have so, Zach, if you want and also feel free to text us, like if you have thoughts and you want to text me, I'll read them um, as if you were here. And Nicole's worried that you won't be able to do the intro because you're not here. I recorded an intro. I want you to know I'm very comfortable with you going in and scrubbing that and recording (laughs) at your leisure an intro. I do not want people to think I'm trying to horn in on your intros. Um, But we miss you, buddy. Uh, So, yeah, if you have any thoughts, feel free to text me. It'll probably be easier for me to see them in a text than to see, see them in the thread yeah the 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 revisitation of like I needed that reminder, too, just the reminder of like, oh, yeah, he started this thing, but he's not the one who made the arrests um was a really good kind of checking in point of like, oh, yeah, and to see that, yeah,
0: somehow it never clicked to me, mm. you know what I mean, like I knew it, I knew yeah. it intellectually that that's what happened, yeah, that it was a cold case unit but th- but the 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 relevance of the fact that when he knew. Christian's DNA was on the card and he knew where the card was found and he knew about the wheelbarrow tracks. He never tried to file charges on Robert and Christian. Like that's, that's, it's interesting that he, it, to me, that I mean, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it certainly doesn't seem like he thought the wheelbarrow tracks were that relevant.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about LeClaire. Um, Chris, uh, with a K, wants to know where did Leclerc go after leaving the homicide unit? Was he still working for Riverside County? Was he with homicide for six years? Uh, seems like maybe a shorter uh, career blip. Like just kind of curious about that. And then yeah, he stayed.
0: Yeah. I would. It's on. It's in the transcripts. I, I put the whole transcript up for you to view on the website. I don't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, he didn't leave the department. He just moved out of the homicide unit into a different unit. Uh, and I don't recall which unit that was, but yeah, I think it was about six years. I think it was like, he'd been there for about three years. This case happened. He was there for about three more years and then he moved on to another unit after that.
1: Okay. And so he's still around. Uh, Melissa was wondering if he was just wanted to clarify that he was still alive and if there was any possibility of
0: interviewing him. Uh, I, I believe he's still alive. I don't know if there's, a, I, I am going to reach out. I, I, after going through all this, And of course, I have my doubts that he would talk, but but I do want to reach out to him. I would be I would be interested in having a conversation with him about the case if he's willing to do so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to shout out Rena really quickly in the chat, because this is actually a good question. Um, The picture of the hole near the trampoline, which is its kind Mm -hmm. of own thing, if you're looking at the case file and the documents, um, it's neither in the defense files nor the prosecution files. It's just kind right. of on its own. That's not the hole that he's talking about, is it? Or is it? No, 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 no. That's holes okay. right behind Becky's yeah, body. That's, yeah. So that's why, why did you put that in there? I mean, that's not a criticism. I'm ju- I just want to yeah, make sure it, no one thinks that that's the hole in question that LeClaire was talking about where a tree had been transplanted.
0: The reason was is because when I was looking at that photo again, I believe it's one tw- uh, People's One Twenty One. I'm not positive about that, but it, whatever I said in the episode where you get the clear picture of how far away the tracks are.
1: Oh, that's right. From that's what that is. Got it. Got it. Got that it.
0: That between there, yes. you see all this loose turned up dirt, and then I was wondering like where like and it, we see what looks like a freshly transplanted tree. And then I was like, but why is all this, where did all this dirt come from? Why? Because it looks like it was like almost intentionally spread out, like it came from somewhere. Mm. And then I I came across that photo, which wasn't used at trial. Got it. And I'm like, oh, right behind the wheelbarrow, literally the wheelbarrow is positioned in between a bunch of loose dirt on the ground and this giant hole right behind it, as though they had dug the hole put the dirt into the wheelbarrow and then rolled it over there and then scattered it out around in that area. I don't know that's what happened, Mm -hmm. but it was just interesting that we have all this loose dirt all over that area between the wheelbarrow and where the tracks begin Mm -hmm. and right behind the wheelbarrow, there's a big, obviously man-made, you know, dug hole right Right. there, but no, it's not the same hole that was found at the end out in the desert.
1: Okay. Yeah. When we plant something, that fresh dirt would look like what I would spread out after I displaced the earth that I had to make room for the yeah. plant, like yeah, the tree that I like just it.
0: replaced. And I do want to answer to somebody um, in the chat real quick. Uh, Caroline asked, what day would Vicky have started her vacation from work? That's interesting because I believe it would be the second, the day of the storm. Hmm. Um, if she was off for two weeks, then that would have been, I think this, I think that was a Saturday. So I think it would have been, that would have been like the first day of her vacation is when that storm happened.
1: LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at LinkedIn.com slash Spoken. That's LinkedIn.com slash Spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Um, and then Katie asked, would there be any washout from firefighters putting out the house? There would be, but it would be south of the house, wrong direction. So, the, So from the road, you go uphill to the house. And then it can, and then the the grade continues to go uphill back to where the wheelbarrow is, and then back into the desert. So there are there are lots of photos of when the fire trucks were on scene, and you can see the water flowing back down to the road, but not into the back. And those were some of the pictures where, the, to me, the ground doesn't at all look wet mm-hmm. around Becky's body. Not to say the firefighters didn't get some water, I'm sure, right outside of the wheelbarrow, right. But there was also like. A couple things. Here's your number one indicator. They didn't spray like crazy around her body. There's no water in the wheelbarrow. Yeah. Like the pictures of her body still in the wheelbarrow before they touched it. Yeah. There's not water in there. And if they had like opened up the nozzle and put, you know, put 20 gallons of water to put her out, then she would be submerged. Her body would be in water and it's not.
1: Yeah. That's a really good point. So, Teresa, going along the same line with, with Leclerc, Teresa says, what other detectives testified at trial? Uh, if LeClaire's testimony, as as you sort of point out, ends up almost just kind of informing about the investigation done at the time and not so much damning Robert and Christian, she's curious about who else testified and then also kind of a general sort of timeline of who was working on the case through the years. And, and backing that up with Lynn, who says, uh, you know, we've been following events in the time order as the detectives did but if we go straight to the court transcripts, there's this sense of a gap in knowledge as to how it goes from LeClaire to cold case to cold case team and Robert and Christian and wondering if that's going to fit in somewhere in all of this.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into all that. I have a, a basic understand, but I, I can't really, I don't want to give you wrong details right now because I don't have them in front of me. Um, I know that the, the person leading the investigation in 2014, when, they were arrested was ba- Bodmer and he testifies, but I, bel- now I'm not see this is why I don't want to say this. Cause I don't remember if he was a sheriff's investigator or if he was a DA investigator.
1: Got it. And who else testified? I guess we'll get into all that.
0: That, well, I mean, Bodmer testified. Yeah, that's, uh, sorry.
1: That's what you said.
0: Yeah. My, I mean, they were convicted mostly based on the expert testimony. So gotcha. like you have, you had Leclerc, Le- Leclerc had to te- in order for the business card to come in, Leclerc had to testify. He had to explain how he found the business card and it got into evidence. Got it. Any of the other evidence, Ben Ramirez had to testify because he's the one that collected all the rest of it. So he testifies. Yeah. Uh, We get testimony from Osterloh. Um, He's in there. I don't remember all who else, but so they testified to get the evidence in. And then you have like the ME testified and we've been through that testimony. Um, And then you had the fingerprint, you know, all the forensic testimony that you heard. There was like seven people that testified about the forensics. Uh, we heard a while back the testimony about um, the shoe print. Um, so it was all that that type of testimony. So it was like they, the police officers essentially just testified about how they got the evidence. And then also that's how they got in um, interview stuff. Gotcha. You know, like, for example, one of the things they used was Robert had guilty knowledge of crime because he mentioned the wheelbarrow. And then they had – so they, for that, they have Javier come in, which we'll get into his testimony too. Um, but they have him come in and say, I never told Robert about the wheelbarrow. And then they have, um, I don't remember, whoever interviewed Robert testify about the fact that he mentioned the wheelbarrow.
1: All right. I'm going to jump back to just sort of a general couple of questions here. Um, Lana or Lana, sorry, Lana Orlana says, what course of action does a convicted person have if it's found that the investigation wasn't done thoroughly? I obviously LeClaire didn't think Robert and Christian needed to be cleared as suspects. But now that their alibis can't be verified, it seems like there should be some way legally for them to
0: proceed. Who wants to give her the you, bad news. <laughs> yeah, there's not. Uh, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. We see this all the time. And what you're going to learn in this week's episode the, with the rest of LeClaire's testimony is it wasn't just the alibi stuff. He just, I mean, he kind of half assed the investigation. There was a ton of things that he could have and should have done that he didn't do. And that that's why this case went cold for so long. It was, it was, it was blinders, I think. I think he was convinced that it was teenagers. I think particularly he was really interested in Javier. Um, He was convinced it was teenagers, and so he honed in on that, and then there was not hardly any physical evidence to deal with, but then the things that he could have done, he didn't do, which we really really get into that stuff in this week's episode. And so that puts Robert and Christian in a place where they're trying to prove a negative, right? The case is not we know they did this, this, and this. The case is, well, so for example, the business card. The business card could be there because it was in Christian's pocket during the commission of a murder. There was all these, well, it could have been this. Right. And that's how they ended up getting convicted instead of having hard evidence, which we don't have because of what turned out to be a very poor investigation.
1: Right. And so in a situation like that, it feels like in the past we've heard the use preponderance of the evidence or, you know, it's circumstantial, but. When you put all these pieces together, you can only see it one way. And that one way is that they must have committed the crime. Right. I mean, that's sort of how yeah. you tie a little bow around it.
0: Um, that's how they presented it. And they yeah. use tactics like the stipulations and things to try to breeze yeah. the bad news by the jury. Yeah. Uh, the jury. Right. And then and then explain stuff away and like, well, and, and basically make it. And, and then also handcuff the defense by not allowing them to put up any alternate suspects. Yeah. Then they're left with with everything that was allowed to be presented. Right. They were able to, to craft a narrative of how this happened without ever coming up with an explanation as to why it happened. Right. Um, but they were able to, and, and then basically the jury was left with, well, what other explanation is there?
1: Right. And just to be clear, I'm not saying that circumstantial cases can't be strong and that they can't paint a perfect picture that is accurate and is true. Um, that's not what I'm saying at all in case anyone wants to no. push back on that. That's definitely not how I feel. Uh, Shiloh has an answer for what happened. Leclerc is still around and ended up being promoted, which is a normal reason to move out of a specialized assignment. Gotcha. You don't have to give any color commentary for that promotion and the work that was done on this case and (laughs) your feelings. A quick shout out to Sue. I thought this was a very sweet post. I'm impressed with your critical thinking and the amount of time and thought you devote to this case. Does advertising and Patreon support actually uh, yield a living wage? While listening to Sunday's episode, I kept thinking that you would make an excellent defense attorney.
0: (laughs) Uh, it it does. It pays the it, it pays the bills. And believe me, there have been many times through my journey where I've thought Should I just, just need to go to, to law, law school? school. Yeah. Yeah. And get it. But, you know, I'm married and have four kids and, and just, you know, going without an income for six years to go to law school just isn't really in the cards for me. So I'll just play one on the radio instead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. Well, it's an important part of it. I mean, we keep hearing about investigators who work to support either side and and that that, that's really necessary work and ideally the person who's doing that whether it's directly for the 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 lawyers or in the pursuit of justice uh you know or in partnership with a Innocence Projects and stuff, all of that stuff is super important. That being said, you can always support Bob and his work by joining Patreon. It's super fun. Get those ad-free episodes. Get lots of talk about Flat Earth for one episode, one episode only. We'll never talk about that again. We are putting a kibosh (laughs) on that. Uh, Always worth supporting. That's not something I benefit from financially, but it is something I benefit from spiritually and emotionally, knowing that you are helping uh, support the work that Bob does. So I like to say it because he gets uncomfortable about saying it. Moving on. And thank you, Sue. Let's get into the the wheelbarrow and the wheelbarrow tracks, I want to start with Sweet Sweet zaps. question. Uh, and by the way, shout out to Sagan. Hope he's doing great. I uh, just probably said something that's going to make everyone worry. There's nothing to worry about. Uh, how did the prosecution reconcile the wheelbarrow tracks from location to location with no tracks in between?
0: So they did the same thing that someone, when I was having the conversation in the follow-up thread without realizing it, um, did, which is to say I don't see how the wheelbarrow and this was just a listener. I think I, I, and from what I've seen, a very objective listener, um, critical thinking listener listener that says, um, uh, I believe it was Katie who said, I don't see how you have the body in the wheelbarrow, a track that goes from the wheelbarrow out into the desert. And then a business card at the end of the wheel, end of that track with Christian's DNA on it, who had said he's never been to the crime scene before. How does that equal anything other than them being at the crime scene? Yeah. Um, so it's presented like that. That's the way it's presented. And, and the thing is, what we do is look at the, what, what I've said for seven years, eight years of this podcast. When I'm looking at a case, I look at the prosecution's case and then put a microscope on it. And if, the, and if they got the right people, when you look closer, the case gets stronger. Right. When you have a case where when you look closer – the case starts to get weaker that's a big red flag and that's and that's what i see in this case is from a 30,000 foot view wheelbarrow track card connected right but when you zoom in literally zoom in you see wait a minute the fact of the matter is you have a wheelbarrow with the body in it with nothing to indicate That anybody moved the wheelbarrow. Correct. There's no DNA on the handles or anything like that. Then that wheelbarrow is not actually connected to the track. And that's, I can't stress that enough. Yes. The wheelbarrow is not connected to the track. Yes. There's a 20. And again, it's not even indicated that it's connected to the track. It's not like the track is pointing at the wheelbarrow and then stops. Where the track starts, it's going perpendicular or parallel to the same direction that the wheelbarrow is facing. So there's there's nothing to indicate they're connected. And then you have a broken wheelbarrow track that starts and stops and starts and stops. And then when you look at the photos of those tracks and have an understanding of how things work in the desert, it looks very clear that those tracks were made when the ground was wet which also explains why they're broken, as I, as I mentioned earlier. So you have a broken wheelbarrow track that's not connected to the wheelbarrow. And then to connect the business card to the wheelbarrow track is also incorrect, wildly incorrect, because that is six, that card was not found at the end of the wheelbarrow track. It was found 60 feet to the north of it. And so now we have to. And by the way, when you look at those photos of of that hole and the wheelbarrow and the uh, and the business card, that ground's soft. That is sand. That's it. Now it may not make a perfect shoe impression, but it will definitely leave footprints. And there were none. There were no footprints. There is absolutely nothing. And in fact, Leclaire says there's a big bush between the last the, the termination point of the wheelbarrow track, the origination point of it. And the footprints, there's a big bush plus 60 feet between that and the business card. So it's not it's not fair to say the card is connected to the end of the track because it's not Uh, part of that long discussion that I had uh, with Ed and Katie was the wind. And and Ed had pointed out is that the wind had shifted. It's in the Palm Springs weather station. It shows at 1053 a.m., which is three minutes after the card was collected. The wind was coming out of the south at five miles an hour. And, you know, and so he said, well, so it's not fair to say that it was upwind, but it was, that was, the, the card was collected at 1050. It was found before that in the hour before that at 953 AM, it shows an east, southeast wind, which, you know, he pointed out was out of the south, but that's not east, southeast wind will blow the card west, northwest, not north, a different direction than where it was found. And then you know, I actually worked out. I, I got a piece of graph paper, and I was like, "There's no way to quantify this, but let's look. If we're saying that the wind moves the card, the only way that we can quantify that is to say is to make a point on a graph paper. And you can try this. If you go to weather, um, weather underground, you can see the hourly wind that's um, listed from 10:53 uh, p.m. to 10:53 a.m. and and so like it says it was blowing seven miles an hour out of the northwest. So then move it seven units, which I used a quarter inch, seven units to the southeast. And then it was eight miles per hour for the next hour. And then move it eight units. And then it was 10 miles an hour the next one. So if you want to use that couple minutes of south wind to explain it, then you have to accept that all the other wind would have moved it as well. And if you do that and you just keep moving it, however many units of what the miles per hour were in the direction it would have went, you end up with the card – way off to the southeast of the track, not anywhere near the north. And and that's not to say that that's what, how it works. It's not to say that the wind would have blown the card around like that. The, it's actually the opposite. The point is saying the, the, card, the wind didn't put the card there that night.
1: Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Mm-hmm.
0: So then it becomes very relevant when we talk about, well, how did it get there?
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. we say it's connected, but it's not. Mm-hmm. So how does the card get from the last place there's any human activity 60 feet to the north around a bush well, the only, without a footprint. So the only way that can happen would be if someone threw it, comes out in a fight. And this is another thing that we, what we don't have. What we don't have is any evidence of any struggle taking place. The area of disturbance, the, the DA in closing, tied that into the point of origin as though that's where something happened. But that's not true. Where the tracks stop, we have, I think they're the van's footprints, and we have one partial of a globe that was the same brand that Becky was wearing, just standing there, not fighting, no broken bushes, branches, right. scuffs on the ground, nothing like that. There's no evidence a struggle ever happened out there. And then so the only way that the card – so that's where the wind becomes relevant is because at the time when the card would have had to have miracled itself out of Christian's pocket and landed there – The wind was blowing out of the Northwest. So if you, first of all, no one with a card crumpled in that way, as I did, as I said, weeks ago, no one can throw that card 60 feet period. Mm -hmm. And with the wind coming from that direction, you definitely can. And they'll probably end up behind you even with just a four or five mile an hour wind. So what we actually have when you zoom in is you have Becky's body in a wheelbarrow. There's no evidence the wheelbarrow had been moved. And then 25 feet away from that, going in a different direction, you have a set of wheelbarrow tracks that are broken that appear to have been made when the ground was wet. And then after that wheelbarrow track stops, you have 60 foot of air with a bush in between. You find a business card next to what appears to be a hole where a tree was dug up. So when you look at it that way, you can see they're not connected. It's not fair to say they're connected. Right. But, so so yeah. that I don't remember in my rant where the question was, what the question was there. Um, but it's, but, but well, yeah.
1: Well, Zach's question is how do they reco- – how does the prosecution reconcile
0: those problems? They pretend it doesn't – they, they pretend, pretend the problem doesn't, doesn't, exist.
1: doesn't exist. I mean – In it, so in that respect, you can also imagine, you know, we talk about this a lot like, you want to solve this case, you have a piece of evidence that has someone's DNA on it, you got lucky, or it's all meant to be, and you it was all going to work out like this because this is a damning piece of evidence. But you've got this piece of evidence with someone's DNA on it, and uh, you also have this incredibly tantalizing thing with wheels right even Jim Clemente yeah. said it he's like Bob you've given me something with wheels I want it to be about the wheels I mean he essentially right. said that he was like let's look at this simply without knowing anything about how the tracks work or don't work or you know yeah. all of that stuff and he didn't know at
0: the time he that just he connected. was just
1: he was just like how can I not you know look at the wheels and such a big part of the evidence that, you know, we've been putting forward is you can't look at the wheels unless you look at everything else that has to go along with the wheels. And once you start right. doing that, the seduction of the wheelbarrow starts to dissipate. And I think you're suggesting at least my impression of what you're saying in, the, in this episode is that you can sort of see that Leclerc checked the boxes of like, look, we had a fire It destroyed everything. We barely knew anything about this family and were trying to piece tiny things together little by little. But what we did have was something with wheels and and it was outside of the house. And from there, we looked everywhere we could all around the area and eventually, you know, we were able to see, yes, wait a minute, there's a wheelbarrow track. Yes, it's many, many, many feet in a totally different direction in a way that doesn't make sense for where it ended up because there's no track leading to that. But there is a track. And there's a footprint every once in a while. There are, like you said, don't seem to be too many sets of two footprints, but there are footprints. And so it feels reverse engineered to me. It feels like here's what we have. We have a DNA on a business card. And that guy says he's never been up there. We got to be able to do something with that. What can we do with it? Well, it was sort of... Kind of near ish those tracks. Well but the tracks don't actually connect to the thing. Well, but hold on, because maybe they do. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what it starts to when you zoom in to me. It seems reverse engineering. That's what it seems like to me. Is like
0: that's the exact right this is what we
1: have. We don't have anything in the house. This is what we have. So we gotta do something with what we have.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly the right way to put it is it's reverse engineered. They have one piece of evidence with DNA on it from someone who was supposed to go on a hike up there. Right. And so they start now I, to me, it looks like LeClaire looked at it and said, I've tried to connect these dots and they don't connect. Right. And so he moved, you know, he just moved on from there. Um, but then once the process, once the, the politics got involved and the pressure got put on and they needed a conviction, then they just tried to stretch it to make the two fit together, even though in, in all reality, they never really did. So and another thing I want to point out, uh, Wendell Moss, who I've had on the show and is is always just is always has adds a ton of insight on the fan page. He made some great he made some great posts and one of them he he was talking about the idea of the coincidences and he had just kind of said offhand he said, but I feel like in these wrongful convictions there's always a weird coincidence. Yes. Otherwise, the wrongful conviction wouldn't have happened. And then he I haven't uh, to be honest I haven't read what he posted, but he he had found like an article about that. But it got me to thinking about the circumstances, and that's exactly right. Like, like people, and I, th- I, th- I think I don't want to. I, th- I think it was Katie had mentioned something about that. Like, it just seems like too much of a coincidence, which I get. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I get, I get, I totally understand the thought process behind that. But when you look at look at the cases just that we've covered, what happened to Adnan happened because he just so happened to have asked Hay for a ride that day, right. and it just so happened that Jay had his phone and was driving and was driving around with his car and his phone. Mm -hmm. If those circumstances didn't happen, then he would have never been a suspect. Right. So it's a weird thing that that he asked for a ride after school. She gets killed after school. And the phone records showed all these calls and activity and moving around, even though it wasn't him in the car doing it. Right. And in season two, in Ed's case, had Ed not borrowed his grandma's car on the night of the murders, then he wouldn't have been wrapped up into this. Uh, had Jesse Eldridge's brother not told the police that he saw him murder Keough Gove, he wouldn't have been wrapped up in any of this stuff.
1: But didn't you say had Pablo not sold his car to the. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I love this Velez. breakdown.
1: That was a really great like let me give you a bird's eye view of like, you know, all yeah. these snapshots from different seasons.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Pablo Velez our season 11 case. You know, he 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 got sent to prison because he sold his car and then a couple of weeks later the car got used in a murder and the guy who bought the car never registered it and that was again one of those things where the police should have said, "Oh, you don't you didn't own the car anymore." Okay, never mind. Sorry we bothered you. But instead they were already locked into him as their suspect and so they reverse engineered a case against him. Yeah. So there's always going to if there wasn't a set of odd circumstances and coincidences then the convictions these wrongful convictions wouldn't happen. So the fact that Robert and Christian had made plans to go on the hike and then christians that business card is found out there certainly yeah that mean again that 30,000 foot view it's like Yahtzee, we got it right but then you start looking at the details about it and and, and it goes very de- much further than that If you look at the degradation on the on the on the card what appears to be the sun staining on the card why would nobody's pregnant why is the card even relevant why oh. would it be out there how did it get from there how did they get if they have these tracks coming back why are there no tracks going out, as you've mentioned over and over again?
1: Yeah. I have a, actually kind of a key question about that card. Mm-hmm. Do we know that it was a do not have an abortion card? Do we know that definitively? Do we know that?
0: It was a pro-life ministry. So. Do
1: we know that that means in this situation? Oh. Because let me just throw something out there. Okay. I have heard and been told about a certain branch of and a certain uh, activist side of Christianity and Catholicism in some groups that pro-life is actually, and I know this sounds crazy, trying to prevent the death penalty from happening because Riverside County oh. loves putting people to death. I am not saying that that's what this was, but we have talked nauseam about this business card being about a pregnancy and I don't think any of us has done unless it's in the file and if it is great we'll come to it that's fantastic but I just I would love to know for sure may not it's probably not gonna make a difference either way but even more ironic if it for some reason what we've all yeah. interpreted to mean something like I don't know are we sure that that's what it meant We. it's a perfectly reasonable conclusion to draw we've all drawn it It'd just yeah. be nice Already not I to draw interview. that conclusion. we just not draw. I, I would just love to not draw that conclusion until we know from the horse's mouth, like this is what this card means. This is the intention yeah, and behind this card. we do
0: have card. an interview with Marie Widman. Okay. So we can um, Great. play that because I don't remember off the top of my head. And from my experience, I believe that most pro-life organizations yeah. tend to be. Well, no, that's not necessarily. As, as I, I, have, I have heard that argument that it yeah. you know, regarding the, the death penalty. Yeah. Um, so that's something to look into. But while we're on the top of the card, too. Look through the photos in the people's exhibits. I don't remember what number it is, but one of the numbers is a very close-up photo, a nice clear close-up photo of the card on the ground. Mm -hmm. And I noticed something. I didn't say anything because I was waiting to see if anybody mentioned it. Nobody has. Mm -hmm. But I want you to look at the, the, the top crease on it and tell me if you think that it looks like it's been wet. As if it had been out there. When it was raining uh, because where it's folded, it's folded over, but the paper is like crinkled along the along the fold, along the bend where it was crumpled mm-hmm. in a way that to me just looked like like something had almost like if you see like if you've ever had like a business card in your pocket and ran through the laundry mm-hmm. or something like yeah. when it gets wet and the paper, gets loose and kind of crinkles up. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, for all of you listeners just when you get a minute, to look at it, I'm not saying that's the case, but. That's something that I noticed when I was looking at the card. I was like, "Well, it doesn't just look like it's, you know, sunstained and weathered. It looks like it it was it was maybe rained on."
1: Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at that too. Yeah, I mean, I I somebody recently said you it doesn't look like it's been you when you look at the picture it doesn't look like it's been weathered and I I meant to um arduously disagree with that because I I did feel like it looked beat up to hell. Uh, I'm looking at the picture right now. Yeah, I mean, it just looks really old and crinkled and. The sun Do you see what I I I'm mean, talking me, about yeah. where there's
0: kind of that like ribbing along the one bend?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, had... yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, why am I? No, I'm not going to try to show the picture. Yes, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm looking at it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it 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 looks like it could have been wet. I mean, yeah, I don't. I, yeah. Which, I mean, that
0: could be 100%. in a sweaty pocket. Who knows? But yeah. it just looks as though it had been wet at some point, too.
1: Yeah. Uh Okay. So let's keep going. I'm sorry, I feel like yeah, we but this is so interesting.
0: <laughs> this
1: is so interesting. And then I'm like, oh I oh I've been talking for five minutes straight. Even Bob hasn't interrupted me. This is really bad. That's not what these are for. Okay. Um Valeria says uh, in one of the case files, there's a satellite view of the area around the property with Leclerc's points A to E drawn on it. Given that no GPS measurements were taken, is there any indication in the file of how these points were marked here? Did they just scale Leclerc's sketch on the basis of his estimates? Uh, Teresa thought maybe, I guess technically this might count as a comment in the follow up, but Teresa's star student. I'm not going to. I'm not going to I'm not going to accuse her of anything because she's the best. Uh, But she said that she thought maybe um, it was sort of a zoomed out idea of the placards. And then it might seem like more of a straight line. But when you sort of are on the ground, you realize it's all
0: anything, any map, any drawing in this case is an estimate. There were never any GPS, which, you know, I, you know, I get it. I, I don't I don't fault if what Leclerc says happened, happened. I actually don't fault him for this. If he's out there with a the tech and he tells the tech, take GPS coordinates, and they're out there with what he called the GPS machine, it makes sense. Why, why would you measure it when you think somebody's getting your GPS coordinates? But the fact is they didn't get GPS coordinates. And so the, anything you see, it, it, those drawings, of map, like, like LeClaire says, his those those distances are strictly estimates. Like he, that, that's not him pacing it off, which for the, those of you that don't know, I, I'm from the country, so I assume that everybody knows this. I don't know if everybody does, but like, you know, a long step, if you really reach out a step for most people is around three feet. So if I need to pace off yardage, I'll just take, you know, if I count 20 long steps, that's about 20 yards. He didn't even do that. He just it, it, and, you know, he said kind of just looks back and guessed, but it, it's, it's nothing more than a guess because of the terrain. You can't really see we've been out there. You can't really see. Like he couldn't see the wheelbarrow from any of those points to know how far away from the wheelbarrow he is. Right. So it's it's just it's just a guess.
1: It's almost like and I'm not saying this is true because we've also accused plenty of people of not doing their jobs. But it's almost like it feels you got to do your due diligence. And maybe that seemed like even more due diligence than it deserved. If you don't think those things are connected at all. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The less you think the track is connected to what happened. Potentially, the less intense you're going to be about checking to make sure that the GPS right. machine was used, that the you know, all of the pictures were taken of every photograph. I mean, of every uh, footprint, rather. Um, again, like we can't we probably can't have we can't have it both ways. We can't say someone did a bad job at collecting important evidence and then did a great job of not collecting evidence because it wasn't important. Um Everything has to be accounted for. But if you're talking about decisions that are being made based on the relevance of something, you could potentially see someone being like, we're going to do all this because we need to. But we all know that this isn't connected to the thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Like he sent the card in 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 October to have for fingerprinting. It came back and said no comparable prints. It seems like that was the end of that for him. Look at what he was done. Look at everything we've listened to for the last year. It's him interviewing a bunch of all the teenagers. That's where he was focused. He sent the card in for DNA testing almost a year later in July of 2007 is when he finally sent the card in to have DNA testing done on it. Um, and he sent it in along with the pen and the wheelbarrow handles.
1: And the socks um, yeah, and the jeans no, and not, that stuff. No, those
0: didn't go then. Exactly. Those went much later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so it, it so it, it, I see what you're saying. That it's like, well, if he never really thought it was important, then it never bothered to, you know, for three years of him being in the unit. And we're going to we're going to find out Sunday just how long it was after those three years when he uh, realized that the GPS coordinates were never taken. But, yeah, he never gave. The, it doesn't seem that he ever gave that track a second thought in his investigation.
1: Right. Oh, Julie had just mentioned um, if the track didn't seem to follow the path of the, where the wheelbarrow was, um, how sure are we that the the wheelbarrow even made the track where the tire treads compared between wheelbarrow and, and track?
0: They were not. Um, I, I mean, you can at a glance. The wheelbarrow has, you know, straight line treads and they're straight line tracks. Yeah. um, So you could draw. But yeah, they were never they were never actually compared one to one. Yeah.
1: Shiloh, I see you asking uh, if Christian ever offered an answer as to why the business card would be there. I don't know that he was ever asked. Um, I don't think there's anything in discovery. So he was never given an opportunity to explain that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, when he was interviewed, the card wasn't a thing. They didn't think it was connected to him. And by the time it was a thing, he had a lawyer who told him not to, you know, not say anything. He didn't talk to anybody after that,
1: which is what everyone should do all the time, even if it makes Mm -hmm. our jobs hard. Um, Jen. okay, so so that sort of led Julie to the idea of, again, this this continued question about how the killers got there, how they left. Um, What evidence there was of that. So Julie was like, you know, if it, for example, turned out not to be a wheelbarrow, could it have been a bike? I think we've talked about bikes and motorcycles in the past as being possible getaway uh, vehicles of some kind. And that 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 seemed either likely or unlikely. Um, But but Jennifer kind of adds to that and says, you know, if there's no footprints showing biking or tire or, you know, tire tread uh, footprints, like where, how, where and how did these killers disappear at all?
0: Oh, I think they walked right out the – either out through the desert or just right down the road. I, again, my theory is they lived – I think they lived in the yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. I think they were able to scoot out of there quietly. Remember, there's no street lights. The houses are very spread out, and it's very dark. Right. So the only way to escape undetected is on foot. Another thing that no one likes to talk about on the Robert and Christian are guilty side was no one saw a car Go to or from the crime scene that night.
1: Right.
0: And we have interviews we haven't played yet from people that lived on the There's somebody that lived on the corner of Alpine and Chilean Heights, I think, or down in, it's f- further down to the east on, on Alpine on the corner. Like all those people all along Alpine Road where there's no traffic ever. And no lights up when and it's no dark. no lights. If a
1: headlight passes your window.
0: You notice it. Yeah. And you look right away. And it's still that way today. You go up there and people, even during the day, people are turning heads. They want to know why you're there because they know who's supposed to be there. Yes, correct. Uh, And no one noticed a single light. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think everybody, there's, I think the the people come back to that because there's so much emphasis on the footprints, the shoes, the footprints, the, you know, the treads, were they vans, were they globe, this and that, that everyone's like, well, what about the footprints of someone leaving? Or what about footprints around the vicinity of the house that isn't hit by water because it's far enough away? Like. What other footprints would be there? Yeah,
0: they didn't look. Yeah. I mean, so around the house you have all the firefighters trampling and dragging right. hoses all all the way around like the, the immediate close perimeter of the house. Uh and then, you know, up the driveway, you have everybody trampling up and down the driveway that that's fighting the fire and, and doing everything. So they they only looked where, you know, they and Leclerc says that he looked around, you know, he followed the track out into the desert and then he looked around out there to right. look for any more tracks yeah. or anything else and didn't find anything. But they didn't just like they didn't do like a grid search right around, which another th- is another thing that could have been done. It could have been revealed like, oh, here's the prints of the people leaving out this way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, all, all due respect to the firefighters and stuff who, again, it's like I would do the same thing if I saw someone in a wheelbarrow, I would look for wheelbarrow tracks. Of course, I would like that. Of yeah. course, you're going to do that. There's nothing wrong with Especially being a first responder, going, Oh God, what if there's someone else out there? What if we need to help someone else? You yeah, know, that's, what, that's, what, how do we? So, of course, they're going to go out there, see, you know, to try to see, like, that's what every, what's what all of us would do. We would all wonder about the wheels on the wheelbarrow. Of course. It's just a matter of what it, how it develops from there.
0: And that's very, very basic training for us, is when you get on the stage. like, uh, particularly like with car accidents, you know, you're always looking to, me, one of the things we're supposed to do is make sure there are not other victims somewhere else, somebody who got ejected from the and that's happened to me um before, you know, where, you know, you get to a scene, you think it's one thing, and then suddenly you find out, oh my God, there's another person out there in the bush that, you know, that got ejected from the car or something like that. Right. So yeah. So they would, you know, certainly they see the fire, they see a body, they're gonna start I would I would imagine the first thing they're gonna do is start looking Around the area to see if there's a, and then if they in that process came across a track, then follow the track and see if that leads to anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's exactly what I would expect them to do. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jamie had an interesting point. Um, who knows what the answer would have been? May likely have been. I don't remember. I wouldn't have noticed that. But Jamie just said, was it ever were, were Javier Bo ever asked if they remember the wheelbarrow being in that spot on Saturday? When they stayed at Becky's, what if it had always been there and one of them tripped against, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they would have yeah. volunteered that, but it would have been yeah, not, not, a, not a terrible question to ask. Oh, you were up here yeah. the night before. Like, did you happen to see a wheelbarrow over there? I don't know.
0: Yeah, a couple nights. before. I yeah, like that yeah, idea. It, was, it was never asked yeah. of them whether they saw it there or not.
1: So uh, there's curiosity about. You know, as people are looking at the satellite views and as people are looking at the maps that first responders drew and thinking back to you talking about having been able to identify the area, having been able to sort of get a sense of what the actual tracks were, where they were, um, Cindy said, you know, Like she's having a hard time picturing. This is a very long post city, so I'm having to kind of pick and choose. I'm so sorry. But having a hard time picturing what you're saying by just looking at evidence photos. So how were you slash we able to put together the locations when we were out there? Was it by the photos and videos alone or did testimony transcripts clarify things as well? I just feel seriously lost when I look at the pictures. Like, how do you even know what direction pictures were taken from? What house is in the evidence photo 27? How far is that house from the crime scene. So that's a lot of different things. You can work backwards yeah. or skip or whatever you need to do.
0: Yeah. So we, we use the f- photos, not just the ones that were, because the ones where you have posted up that were from the trial testimony were mostly close up photos of the ground, but there's yeah. a lot of other photos that show, you know, for example, the one you're talking, I think I know the one you're talking about It's one, that you, see, you can see placard B and you can see Sharon Coleman's house in the background. Um And so like to find that. So like we're a, when you're out there with boots on the ground, because the desert just doesn't change you're able to line those things up. So you can put, so you can look and see, okay, we know her house is in the background and you can look. So there's a huge rock like behind that house. Um, you remember that rock, Janet, mm-hmm. is like a big boulder or whatever. So you can like, okay, the angle they're at the left edge of the rock is covering the right edge of this window. So you move yourself to that angle and then you start looking at, okay, so now are there any, any clearly identifiable, um, trees or bushes or anything. And then a lot of times those big dead trees that are sticking up are like, okay, well there's one. And then you start moving back and forth on that angle until bingo, you find, okay, oh there. And you can look at the photo and compare it to, and if you haven't been there, it doesn't make sense. But right. when you're there, it makes sense. And you're able to say, okay, there's the tree, there's the bush, there's the rock in this angle. This is where this location was. And, and, and for so us, the you,
1: video, the video was massively yeah. important. Because yeah. the video you can start actually tracking movement to match.
0: And I have bad news about the video on Sunday. i will get into it on Sunday. You do? Yeah.
1: Interesting. <laughs> like the video as posted by like the original video?
0: I uh, yeah. Well I'll get into it on Sunday, but it's Oh
1: oh no. That means it's, I'm going to find out beforehand. And that makes me very happy because I am <laughs> never going to let you make me wait till Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll
1: talk to you uh, later. I'll talk to you later today. Mm-hmm. Uh, OK. And then there's also a question about like when we did that sort of short lived test, um, not particularly scientific. Let's be honest. That's not why we, we knew when we did the, the quote unquote wheelbarrow test that we were yeah. not doing it in a meaningful like this is trackable, recordable evidence, yeah, we don't know the wheelbarrow was different, it was a different time of year, all of that kind of stuff. um, so, but Rachel was wondering if it was
0: as it turns out, it was more relevant than we thought, but go ahead,
1: well, she's just wondering if during the test we recorded the tracks and and you know, if we could compare them to crime scene photos and go maybe even go back and see if our tracks kind of withstood time, hours, days, even weeks. um and I felt bad because I wanted to be like. Of course we did that, but it was like, that's not ever really what that was going to be. But please go on.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we did video it, but we just, I decided like I didn't, it's too, cl- I didn't want to post it.
1: Yeah. I'm you very, know, it, I'm very just, comfortable with you not having done that.
0: Yeah. It was just too close. I mean, it, it was upsetting when we were doing it and it was just, it was, I, I just didn't feel comfortable posting it. But, and at the time, we didn't think that it was, particularly relevant because it left pretty clear tracks because the ground was wet. Right. And we didn't. Yeah. And that, you it was remember snowing. that conversation? It was snowing yeah.
1: and, and yeah,
0: it was, it was drizzling rain and snowing and the ground yeah. was wet. And so we're like, well, yeah, you can see the tracks yeah. through here pretty clearly. And, and especially any low spot, you yeah. can see it pretty clearly, but we're like, but the ground's wet and the ground We're like, all the wet. conditions well, are
1: everywhere. totally different. There's nothing about this. That's like,
0: Yeah. So I wish that we had taken close-up photos. I know. Because at the time, we didn't worry about it because it was like, well, this isn't relevant because the ground's wet when, in fact, I think it's very relevant. Although it still wouldn't be the same because even though they were made when the ground was wet, then what it appears to me in those pictures and what we know from the weather data was if they were made when the ground was wet, that after the ground was wet, then there was two weeks of the ground drying out in the hot desert sun, which is what set it kind of like clay. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's just not a I get yeah, that's that's the and that's just what I was saying. It just wasn't it wasn't like I would not have wanted to present that as evidence. I think that would have been no. irresponsible of us, so for that's our own why knowledge. we didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um and as Shiloh points out, it was so cold. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. so cold up there and it took us a I long time to do anything.
0: It was yeah. very cold. Yeah, cuz it it was. We were going through so many photos. And you know the video and the you, we would kind of use the video to orient us and then and then we'd find like the video looked like it was one play but it didn't line up and then we'd go back to photos yeah. and then started looking at a series of pictures and yeah. the trees and all that it was yeah it took a long time and it was very cold
1: we were all taking turns complaining about how we couldn't feel our fingers anymore um yeah. but but just to quickly touch on and and we'll wrap this up soon because oh good I don't think I'm going to get up to all of these I'm so sorry guys um. The the house that's in the photo. I don't have the photo right in front of me, but I assume it's probably the closest house, right? Which is the log cabin, or
0: yeah, Sharon Coleman's house. Yeah,
1: uh, how far is that um, from the crime scene?
0: I, don't I would be estimating, but yeah. I would estimate it probably two hundred yards, maybe.
1: Yeah, I'm terrible at inside estimates of two hundred. So
0: yeah, two hundred yards. It's a, it's a ways. Yeah, it's quite a ways away. Yeah.
1: Um. Very quickly, just wanted to shout out Soledad who had uh who just kind of talked anecdotally about uh her own experiences with business cards and kind of how she gets rid of stuff in her car and and whatnot um i'm gonna paraphrase because it's long but a great post so i encourage people to go check it out but essentially she's like i have tons of cards in my car people my other people in my life use my car we drop random crap in it um when when i'm cleaning out my car i'll just like scoop everything up at once sometimes I have already a wad of paper in my hand and I grab another piece of paper and like I'm not even touching the thing like my fingerprints would never even be on a thing because it just got sort of tossed in Um, and that she even uh, thought to herself like we were currently doing backyard work. My first thought was I could dump car trash into our wheelbarrow so I don't have to touch it. Um, (laughs) So I, I liked the kind of creative thinking there. And then Teresa also suggested like maybe the car gets stuck to someone's shoe, even though that's, you know, yes, it's a reach. But. Um, I always appreciate seeing people's creative thinking and kind of, you know, just finding themselves in situations in their lives, because I'm sure it happens to a lot of listeners. It certainly happens to me where you're in the middle of doing something in your day and somehow it reminds you of something about this case and you just want to be helpful and think like, oh, interesting. Like I'm in a situation right now where it it sort of opens up this new scenario that makes sense to me. So I really appreciated those posts.
0: And that opened a door up in my brain to um, some other conversations people have had. Several people have asked uh, besides the dumpster is people saying, well, if the idea is that Becky threw, which is along this line, if Becky threw the cart away, then why would Christian's DNA be the stronger DNA and her yeah. DNA either not being on it or it being one of the minor contributors? And I think, again, that goes to it being out there for a while. It, uh, that would depend on where. So look, the way it's crumpled. You know, so you have we, we've learned that the sun will degradate DNA and cause it to be, you know, to the point where you can't even use it at some point. So, because of the way the cards crumpled up, like if there's more of, say, for, say for example, that was the case, say Christian handed that card to Becky, you know, months before at, at Robert's house one time or something, or whatever scenario you can think of. And Becky just like had it in a coat pocket or something and, and threw it away. But then it ends up out. And so both their DNA is on it. But the parts where Becky touched it are the ones that are being exposed to the sun or the water. Um, then. You know, hers could be degre- – there's nothing to say that because one – what I'm getting at, there's nothing to say that because one DNA profile is stronger than the other that that means that they touched it more recently or they even touched it more. There's a million variables that go out there. And the fact is when you look at it, there's only two fingerprints on the card. Somebody who, who like touched it firmly, closely enough to leave prints and those were eventually supposedly, um, you know, came back to be Christian's prints. Um, But also, when they're swabbing, they swab the entire card, but those prints are places where you know there was DNA left there. That's why they swab fingerprints, because, you know, they left their oils and aminos in that place. So that doesn't be – you know, it it just – There's a million variables, I guess, is what I'm getting at.
1: Got it. Uh, Just quickly about the dumpster, because I just uh, interrupted you to say that one word. It's because I was staring at my very next thing from Chris and assumed somehow you knew that's what I was going to say, which was uh, (laughs) questioning about that dumpster in relation to the home. And was the jury even aware that that existed?
0: I think so. But I can't say positively because, like I said, I I breezed through the transcripts over a year ago, and now I'm going in depth piece by piece as we do. So I I believe the dumpster was mentioned. At least in the closing arguments by the defense, that it could have been out there by the dumpster. Um, Someone else had asked where the dumpster was. It was located um, right. It was north of the garage, so you know, out towards the um, the the desert, that direction from the house. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And it
0: wasn't really a dumpster. It was just an area where they threw all their trash. Um, it's not like they had like a trash truck that came and like picked up the dumpster. They had to load all those bags and stuff into a into that old van and drive it to a dump every month or occasionally, whenever.
1: I'm glad you clarified that because I think we have only exclusively referred to it as a dumpster.
0: Yeah, it's not a dumpster. Definitely it's, it's, it's not a little a... F- little fenced area. Yeah, on three sides uh, where they keep their trash. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. A quick shout out to Sarah. Uh, had a really cool post about. Um, the tree roots and possible DNA matching like would it help if it could be proven through plant DNA match that the tree is anchored to the others near the house indeed came from that hole in the desert that Leclaire found that had been dug up that looked like there were some tree roots there Um, she thought I think she thought maybe there that when we were there we could see where that was or saw the roots Um, if that's what it came across as somehow that's not the case we didn't we didn't no. see that in person, but, um, but it led to a very cool post that she made of the Missouri Botanical Gardens uh, in St. Louis uh, was, was recently featured on 48 Hours for their work in this area. So if you want, you can go to the Facebook follow up post for this episode and see a very cool article about how uh, a, a culprit was caught in uh, part by this sort of DNA matching of plants. I thought that was really cool. So I don't think it applies yeah. here, but it's very cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe at the time that could have been done, but now, you know, what you know. What will happen is the sand blowing around, you know, that what looked like a hole eventually won't look like a hole anymore. And right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we didn't come across the spot or maybe we weren't even really looking at that point for a hole with 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 the roots um, and all. But also the tree is not there, um, right. which, by the way, was explained to me by Tim Summerlee um, when we were talking about them transplanting trees before we went up to the crime scene. Um, the first time I had talked to him, he said, well, they, he said, people try that all the time and they end up dying a month later. Um, right. they don't transplant well, yeah. um, which appears to be the case. Cause there's like piles of dead wood there, but the tree, the trees that you see, the transplanted tree that you see in that photo isn't there. Yeah which means it came down at some point.
1: Yeah, different Sarah had wondered if it was common practice in Pinion pines for residents to take trees and bushes from public lands and just sort of like a curiosity about whether that was legal. Yeah,
0: again, what what Tim told me, because when I mentioned that it looked like maybe they had been transplanting trees, the way he put it to me was, yeah, people are always trying to transplant those trees from back there, but it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. So it sounded like it was common.
1: Okay, well, that's pretty much all I have. I didn't have a like, what do you want to, end with um now i'm scared to know uh what you're gonna be talking about next week presumably we're gonna be <laughs> continuing on with LeClaire's testimony and finishing yeah. that up um i do have a quick note from pamela and uh melanie about a recent update in the west memphis three case um yes. do you want to address that real quick
0: yeah um so nothing nothing's happening just yet but what what has happened is that Damien's team has officially filed their petition for appeal to the Arkansas State Supreme Court uh, in their requesting. So obviously, that we remember back in June, uh, the judge in the circuit court uh, denied their petition for DNA testing, uh, claiming jurisdiction because that she didn't have jurisdiction because they're no longer incarcerated. Um, Damien's team has now filed an appeal of that decision to the Supreme Court, asking the Arkansas Supreme Court to remand that you know, basically to say that's incorrect. You do have jurisdiction and remand it back down to that court. Um, So we'll see. I I think when I talked to Damien last, he said he he figured it wouldn't be long. Like within a couple of months, we should have a hearing on that um, they're hoping for. Great. So we'll keep you updated on that. Some other people have asked about, you know, there's a new, you know, Cressman's gone now, new prosecutor Mm -hmm. um, is taking over. I don't know. I, I think we're past the point. There's not like, unless that the new DA, just came to him and said, Hey, let's just do the testing that could happen. Yeah. That hasn't happened. Um, But we're pat, you you don't, you know, we went to the DA, they said, no, we went to the court. They said, no, and now we're at the appeals. There's not a spot in that process to then go back to the new DA and be like, how about you? So we're going to keep playing it out where that may come into play. will be, I believe if my understanding is right, it will be the district attorney that will be arguing the case at the, uh, against Damien at the Arkansas Supreme court. So, you know, I guess there could be a potential there where the D.A. could come in and say, you know, we just will concede to the test. Let's just let them do the testing. That's possible. I don't know. I don't I don't know anything about the new D.A. So we'll see how that shakes out Um, as far as where we're going. uh, Like I said last week, we're just going to continue on with LeClaire's testimony. We're going to wrap that up uh, this week. Um, I was going to look at maybe doing that and getting into Osterlo's testimony, but it's just it's too much. Um, so we're just going to go through the rest of LeClaire's testimony this week uh, where there's some you know more new information, a lot to do about what he didn't do. Um, we're going to hear about all that stuff, and then we're going to keep marching on. we got Oscar Lowe's testimony coming up uh, probably next week, and then uh, the arson investigation I'm working on now. Um, I've got a model that I've drawn out of the house that really kind of – I sent it to Janet yesterday. It gives us a pretty good – Outlook uh, a better understanding of how things would have looked in the house that I think everybody will find interesting
1: It's also just a beautiful drawing if you want to auction it off after all (laughs) of this is done um, your work as an artist. I look forward Listen, to your gallery I'm show. I'm going to,
0: I'm going to get in graph paper and do it properly because you, so you won't make fun of me. It's I did a it great on a drawing.
1: Board. Perspective is hard, and you nailed it. I thought it was a great drawing, <laughs> but you were, you, you felt like you needed to excuse it. I don't think you needed to excuse it. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, it's not great, but it'll work. So all that stuff's coming up. Thank you guys for listening every week. We appreciate all of your support. All you people on on uh, YouTube, thank you. Uh, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. We should be here. Uh, what's the opposite of sands? Avec, avec Zach. Uh huh. Is that right? Yeah. We'll be uh, we'll be back. Avec Zach next Uh week, and then he's gone on another assignment the following week.
1: Oh Zap! Um,
0: Yeah. So we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Make sure you tune in on Sunday, and that is all. Thanks, everybody. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondering. Edited by Kelly Barron's Brink, and all music for the show was created by PutThemInAsong.com. Our follow-up logo was created by me, and all of our fonts across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of createdintandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, truthandjusticepod.com, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Kay wood Ginger Viola, Erica Cantor, Danielle Rohr, Jennifer Ford, Courtney Wimberly, and Melissa Cardenas. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in several ways financially support the show, the best thing you can do is just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You'll not only be supporting the show, but you'll get something in return. On Patreon, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels. For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind the scenes bonus video content every week. Then other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice justice you can also do us a huge favor by going to itunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review and lastly you can always support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program if you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons you can submit your cases on our website to truthandjusticepod.com just click on the case submission button and fill out the form and the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations you can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at you can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page on Facebook. And for all you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found in all forms at Bob Ruff Truth. Janet can be found at Janet Varney, and Zach is at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24 7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269 224 2833. However, you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. As for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver.
1: And I'm Janet Varney.
0: And this has been Truth and Justice.
1: Mhm mhm yeah, I need to pop up Got that got chair. that Got this. Move that over Got there. Got that. Extra screen. A lot of talking to ourselves as we mm. fiddle and fuss. Fantastic. And fuss. We're
0: fiddling and fussing. Pop out chat.
1: Pow. Wait, where is everyone?